The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. I'm joined by Jerry Karaya. And we are going to talk about assets that will protect you during these times, these uncertain times. Gold is certainty during times of uncertainty. And Jerry, I, we've got some fun things lined up for the show today. Specifically, we're going to uh, revisit a topic of the Great Reset versus the Great Awakening and how gold uh, has a, a part to play in both of those things. So kind of just thinking about economic outcomes and versus gold and how, what it looks like. And uh, sneak peek, uh, the ending's the same. The outcomes are, are going to be the same for both. But I think it's going to be a good discussion for people, especially where they follow the market. Um, but first, let's talk about how gold is doing right now. Um, interesting, silver is up uh, 10% year over year. Right now, gold is up 6.5% uh, year over year. As we speak today, uh, gold is up 7% in U.S. dollars, but silver is actually down a little bit right now. It's down, uh, it's, about, it's about par on the, on the year uh, in U.S. dollars. So it's probably a good time to get involved in the market. Uh, did, you, did you hear about the COMEX and the supplies on the COMEX? A lot of drainage, Jeremy. The drainage continues. They are uh, several million ounces away from all-time lows in the 25 million ounce range, hmm. uh, which is which is absolute craziness. Uh, Vince Lancey put out a, a weekly video. He talked about basically an arbitrage, that there's higher premiums in Asia, and so that's probably where it's headed. It's a vacuum it's, it's basically being east. sucked out from west to east. And that also lends itself well to what's happening with the BRICS nations, that the BRICS continue to add. More, more countries want to get on that train, and that... Um, they're they're all gold supporters with the BRIC nations, and they're they're getting together this uh, this summer to talk about uh, potentially a, a currency that could be a common denominator for all of them. Uh, we'll see how that works, but maybe gold has something to play a role to play in all of that as well. Uh, what do you what do you what have you been looking at so far this this past week? Just checking in the market updates, Jeremy. A lot a lot of um, talk and a lot of anticipation for the Federal Reserve this week, Wednesday. Um, today we see spot gold gaining about um, about a half a percent, one percent on on route to a slight advance for the entire week. Um, we saw this week the Fed paused, and this was anticipated. We did expect a, a, a pause, but it was translated to be a hawkish pause, Jeremy. So. Ole Hansen, the head of commodity strategy at Saxo Bank, said this week the market turned a little wiser this week. It wants to stay long gold, and price weakness is is being used as a buying opportunity along the way. And the emerging belief that incoming data from the U.S. is unlikely to support the projection of two more hikes before year end. What happened slightly after the Federal Reserve paused they released a bunch of noise, a lot of hot air about furthering rate hikes. So they, they translated to become a hawkish pause. That's an oxymoron, Jeremy. What it, does that really mean? Well, I, I, if I may, I've seen that, that 
that movie play out before Bernanke used it to great effect. This idea of I don't have any tools left in my in my box, um, but what I can do is I can talk a lot. That's and I'm going to try to tap dance as much as possible here, and I'm going to huff and I'm going to puff and I'm going to see if I can move markets without actually having to do anything at all. Exactly, it's a total oxymoron, a hawkish pause. We're seeing the Federal Reserve is hawkish, in hold on, hawkish pause. Yeah, that's what they're calling it. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> the Federal Reserve is in an inflationary fight, Jeremy. It's a boxing match. But instead of throwing punches in this match, it's chirping. It's jawboning from the corner in between rounds. That's what's happening. They're staying there. We're going to be raising rates. You watch me. I'm going to come out. I'm, I'm going to fight this fight without punching. So it's a, it's a trap. And the market participants and those professionals in the, in the financial pundits and Wall Street are seeing right through this. As Ole Hansen mentioned, he's the chief strategist from Saxo Bank, very smart guy. And even even here in North America, the Canadian dollar actually strengthened as uh, as investors and Bay Street's questioning whether the Federal Reserve will lift interest rates even further. They're doubting it. A lot of people are doubting it, uh, along with Mark Chandler, who is the chief market strategist at, at Bannockburn Global Foreign Exchange, LLC, said, the overall market sees the economy weakening, and they don't think the Federal Reserve is going to be able to continue to raise interest rates. Because of this lack of belief, the market has taken the U.S. dollar sharply lower today and this week, and the Canadian dollar, as as along with gold, is a beneficiary of this. So we're seeing gold coming off of the lows of 1930. We carved out a nice support, a bottom there, so we have a great opportunity to buy the dip, plus Canadian dollar strength. The Canadian dollars at its at its strongest. The, the loony touched the strongest since September. At around 1.32, it's touching the 1.31 level. The U.S. dollar index is right down back to the 101 region from up from up all the way to 105. You know, we saw the debt ceiling debacle play out and it really strengthened the U.S. dollar. That strength in the U.S. dollar just evaporated, Jeremy. Well, well, that is so counterintuitive as well. How can you have a strength in the dollar if you just went into more debt? That's exactly. It's very inflationary. It's, it's, it's almost as if... They took all the, the, the debt that was now available to them and bought the U.S. dollar with it. And that pushed <laughs> the dollar up. So, um, yeah, I think one of the other things we want to just keep in mind as we talk about the Federal Reserve and interest rates is to focus on the fact that we have talked a lot about the pivot. And the pivot is all about either something breaks and the Fed has to respond by lowering interest rates and printing money, or they raise interest rates to the point where something breaks and they have to pivot, lower interest rates, and print more money. Mm-hmm. Those are the basics, right? Yeah. Now, you could have all sorts of iterations of those, like, well, we're going to pause and let the gover- and let the government, which has just raised the debt ceiling, go deficit spend. And um, something we can file in with other things that the Fed does file under hilarious is Jerome Powell this week saying that he will not buy any of the U.S. debt, <laughs> that they will not increase the. I the, promise. Yeah, they will not increase their balance sheet. Come on, come on, and sh- infl- inflation's We're- transitory, buddy. That's exactly inflation's right. transitory. No, look. You have to protect yourself somehow. Uh, 
Um, this creates a lot of risk, a lot of volatility, not just in the financial system, banking system, but also to markets as a whole. They are struggling to figure out which way the wind is blowing with regard to the Fed. And it's one of those things where you you are starting to get the sense of a rudderless Federal Reserve, a rudderless central bank. And the central banks are also not necessarily working as closely as they have in the past. Remember back in 2008, they all lower rates all at the same time. They all raise rates at the same time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a hot potato. Sometimes it's, okay, you take the lead for a little bit and we'll take the lead for a little bit. Um, but at this point, you know, economies need certainty and the Fed is not providing it at all. Not at all. And they can, they can look as though they're providing confidence in just, oh, we're going to follow the data. But guys, you lost us at, you lost us at inflation's transitory. Mm-hmm. You know, well, you lost us long before that. Long before that. <laughs> uh, anyone who knew that the Federal Reserve was neither federal um, and that they're private, right? That they're not a reserve of anything, you know, you already lost us. But That's right. for the rest of the people waking up, it's that kind of understanding of you're not providing any real certainty. You can't help these companies make decisions. In that case, you're creating fragility across the financial systems. And you have to wonder is the Dow supposed to double from here? With the inflation uh. that we have, are, are stock markets supposed to double? Is is the economic output is supposed to double from here? It's been ten years, and now we're feeling the final effects of low interest rates, and we're supposed to just pretend as though the economy is only just going to keep getting better. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put my money into the stock market. That's what I'm going to do. Not to say that there aren't some winners out there, but let's be honest of how it's going to work. So you have to start being a lot more defensive, right? Exactly. It. What do people do to be defensive, Jerry? Well, you need to find balance in an unbalanced world. And where we find that, that balance, the foundation of any, especially when we're talking about financial portfolios, is gold. Gold is your tier one asset. Gold is that, that safe haven, the ultimate safe haven, the ultimate wealth insurance, the ultimate diversifier away from paper assets. Because as the central planners will just print their way into oblivion. They're going to destroy our currency, and the currency is at risk of potential further, well, further inflation for sure, but potential hyperinflation. And if we're, if we're looking at the various assets that we have in our portfolio, they're all denominated in a tanking currency, a currency that we can clearly see is losing approximately 11% versus the value of gold every single year. So if you're looking at your RSPs, are your RSPs gaining 13, 12, 11% at least? And this is the reason why you need to get in touch with Guildhall and find out how you can get your asset, your gold and silver within your RSPs. Do it immediately. Give us a call. one silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. More to come on The Real Money Show on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. Remember, everything we do at Guildhall is physical physical, physical. We have the motto, if you can't hold it, you don't own it. And that includes physical precious metals in registered accounts. You can hold it physically, have it allocated and segregated. So you have your own separate account 
with all the serial numbers listed in your specific account, you have access to go to the vault personally and hold the product in your hand. That means you own it. And that's interesting, Jerry, because I was I was watching something the other day. We were laughing about it just before we got on it, uh, before we started the show. It was Mark Cuban laying in to Bill Maher <laughs> about gold ownership, right? Bill Maher, first of all, he couldn't put up a fight because uh, he was being barraged, like just berated for owning gold. Mm-hmm. And um, I've seen... Uh, I'd love to play it, but there was just a lot of swearing. <laughs> so um, there were three things that Mark Cuban used to attack him. Now, first of all, it was for Bitcoin. Okay? okay. It was a, you're stupid to own gold. You need to own Bitcoin. Okay. Now, anyone who's been listening to the show for the last few weeks knows that I now have a complete understanding of the problem with Bitcoin, and that is they keep pitching it as as something that's anti-gold or an alternative to gold. And that is, to me, the biggest mistake. Keep them separate. If you say you have a great currency, sell it as a great currency. You know, one of the things I've learned working with you, Jerry, is someone says, well, I'm in real estate. Great. You can have real estate and gold. That's right. Right? You can have Bitcoin and gold if that's what you're looking for. And we can talk about Diversification. We can absolutely talk about that. Why not? But here's what he said to him. He said, well, first thing out of his mouth, Jerry, was, you don't even know if you own it. And Bill Maher was like, uh, I don't know, because it's true. He doesn't know, and that's fine, because most, probably most of these guys are just... What kind of gold does he own? ...are pro- probably doing ETFs or ETFs. something like right. that. Who knows, right? You, you don't know, and that's the difference, okay? That's something that we, we educate at Guildhall, is the difference between a gold investment and or gold policy. ownership. Mm-hmm. When you're doing a gold investment, that's, a pool, that's your pool accounts. That's your gold-backed funds, that's your ETFs. That's your certificates. Some type of exposure. Anything that has a counterparty risk where that physical ownership is not yours, i.e., if you can't hold it, you don't own it. So he, Mark Cuban used his, that exact phrase against him. First thing out of his mouth said, you don't even know if you own it. And if you can't own it, then what are you doing? As if to say, well, if I have my Bitcoin, I always know I own it, mm-hmm. right? Unless you keep it on an exchange and it gets robbed, which happens like every other week, apparently. Okay, that's number one. Then he says, what are you going to... Now he goes... Now he moves in from, you don't know if you own it, which is a weak argument, right? Bill Maher could say, yeah, you're right. You know what? I should move my stuff to Guildhall where I know that I own it. Case closed. Done. Okay. Uh, then he go, moves into number two. He says, what are you going to do with your gold if the market, if everything goes to mush? What are you going to do with it? <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, again, what are you going to do with your, with crypto? Again, I'm not, I'm not disparaging crypto. I'm disparaging the argument that they use that somehow they have to be pitted against each other, which again, by the way, if I may just for a second, why are you going after a segment of the of the finance population that is less than three percent. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't you Great widen point. your market and go after a much bigger pool? Yeah, like really, Stock you should market. go after like people like a much bigger pool. You should just go hands off gold, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're better. Your best bet is to say, oh, the gold guys. I would much rather hear a gold's a relic come from that community. And just leave it at that. Say, ah, gold's a relic. Bitcoin's the future. Okay, fine. 
if you believe in the future, then go for it, right? But again, I believe there's room for everything. For sure. So what are you going to do with it if it all goes to crap, right? And and Bill Maher says, I, I don't know, like, I'll have the bar, I guess. And, and he says, you know, p- people are going to steal it from you. <laughs> oh, goodness. Right away. Drives me bonkers. So wait a second. I should not own anything for fear that it could be stolen from Someone's me. Someone's going to beat me up and take you've it. You've watched <laughs> one too many World War II movies and watched Nazis confiscate all of the beautiful art and wealth that they had, that people had in Europe. And your thought is, well, I shouldn't own anything. You should be asking why. So I should, own, I should own nothing. And so what you're saying is, I, I choose to own nothing, Bill. Don't you get it? If it all goes to crap, you don't want to own real things. You want to have a security. A piece of paper. No. Uh, well, it's one thing if you have a piece of paper that proves ownership, Jerry. It's true. <laughs> okay. It's another thing, like a deed to your house, maybe. Mm-hmm. But it's another thing to say, I don't want to own anything if everything crashes because, God forbid, it's stolen from me. That is that is That's the worst argument. How can ever. you be a billionaire and so stupid? The guy probably has houses. Then don't own a house. Don't live in a house. He's obviously spewing. Don't wear. Arguments. What's the watch? You're wearing a three hundred thousand dollar watch. <laughs> don't exactly. wear a watch. Would, yeah, take it Someone could right steal now. it from you. You should. You should only ever own. So, like you should have nothing. Be mm-hmm. worth nothing. Wear sweatpants. Go. Go shop at Walmart. Mm-hmm. Right. Not that there's anything wrong with Walmart. Okay, then the, the last argument, what was the last argument? Man, I'm losing my train of thought. But even there, it was just like, these are things that people are saying. Mm-hmm. And, and you're just saying, why? Because you want to own Bitcoin. That, that makes no sense. Well, go ahead. Again, the sales pitch. Like, guys, just say, I have an incredible currency that any country cannot print into oblivion. How about that? And leave it there. How about that? You want a currency that is internationally accepted? that is incredibly quick that may be part of a quantum financial system or a next financial system where we can do away with the swift system and have a digital currency that no country can print into oblivion how about that you want a piece of that future sign me up jerry Mm -hmm. sign me up so that's that's a yeah, I just thought the Mark Cuban thing was was I'm pretty funny. I'm glad you funny. brought that up because these are these are the common arguments that we hear from financial planners here. We have clients that are coming to us and are not getting the sound advice that they need to hear. Um, you know, they may have done well in the past, but times have changed. New alliances have been made, and countries are moving into the gold market like never before. And people want to adapt with this new with this new you know method of of diversifying wealth, especially here in North America, knowing that the Canadian population just does not own gold. You, you hit the nail on the head, 3% of the, the, the population own gold. So we look at the Canadian population, less than 1%, Jeremy, own gold, right? So the mindset is definitely changing because the BRIC nations have moved towards gold ownership, so people have a natural, you know, a curiosity of what's going on. But he's spitting off the common arguments, you know, this is, you know, you don't need to own gold what a stupid archaic relic that is or you know well yeah not owning it um if you if you get into trouble someone's going to steal it from you and then oh yeah i remember what the third one was which was sort of the dynamic of the whole little moment was 
I'm just going to say you're a stupid person for owning it. Like, I'm going to berate you for owning it. It's kind of what we hear sometimes from certain advisors out there where they try to prevent people from doing things by sort of insulting them, mm -hmm. saying, that's stupid. But hats off to those who we work you, with. You, you know? want to dump me? You're <laughs> stupid, Jerry. Don't dump me. I'm a great guy. You're yeah. not going to dump me. Yeah, we're You're going to dump me? We're going to burn, <laughs> burn this bridge right now. You're not going to burn ground. this. If you burn this bridge, you're the dumb one. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get out of this relationship. <laughs> it's volatile. Don't you realize that? Gold is volatile. Really? Okay. It's up 430-something uh, percent in the last 20 years, 450%. It's had maybe five down years out of 20. I think it's more like four. Um, three out of the four or four out of the five are all less than 3% in terms of the down years. That's basically unchanged on the course of a year. I'll take it. I will take it. And wait a minute. I don't have to watch it. I really don't have to watch That's it. That's right. You know? For all of the gains that it's made, and we love silver, we got to talk about silver, but for all of those gains it's made, Jerry, it is nothing in comparison to where it can go because it's still undervalued. Mm -hmm. Not only has it kept up with inflation, but it's still undervalued and has incredible potential moving forward. So when I look at RSPs or registered accounts and I say, and I'm, I'm thinking about the deferred income and you need to make up, make, you want to make sure that that deferred income in 10, 20, 25, 30 years buys you the same amount of goods in 20, 25, 30 years, gold is going to do that. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're going to buy in for you know the next six months, I wish you the best of luck. Uh, you're prob it's, this is not the vehicle for you. You probably want to look at, a, at an exposure type vehicle that's more like an investment where you can you're not having to pay the premiums to own actual physical product because you want to be able to get in and out of the market without any costs um, but then you don't own anything mm -hmm. right that's great for short-term people and that's be great if you're looking to trade the market but long term gold is going to hedge the inflation and beat inflation right and then if you like every currency is going to go this way hyperinflation look at where look at what it's doing in in uh in um, Turkey right now, mm -hmm. it's up something like 41, 42,000% because they can't stop printing that money. Because if they stop printing the Turkish lira, it's going to have devastating consequences. Remember when uh, the, um, in England, they printed the money to back the pensions? They're like, right. we're not going to back anything. Nothing is too big to fail. Nope, they backed it. They printed the money and backed it. Why? Because they don't want to deal with the consequences of a whole bunch of pensions not getting people who have pensions not getting their money. Hmm. Right? It's not going to be the case with gold. It's always there. It's always going to be there for you. That's right. So when it all goes to mush, like Mark Cuban says, I would rather have the ounce of gold and 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 have to potentially deal with theft than not have anything at all. Here, Jerry. Here's a million dollars. It won't buy you anything. You won't buy bread for a million. You need two million for that. Mm -hmm. You think the housing market looks crazy? Wait till it, it waits till till it's tripling what's happening in the grocery stores right now. That's right. Yeah, exactly. When you look at assets right now, from from houses to metals, um, and you look at prices, I mean, it, it is considered. And this is coming from a report that I have. It's actually considered to be okay to see increases in assets like house valuations if you own a house. But it's not okay when you start to see increases in house rentals, food, and utility prices. It's all happening at the same time. This is a very dangerous situation. This is inflation. 
And asset prices are going up for one reason. It's the devaluation of the currency. And if we talk about the devaluation of the currency, the ever since the end of the gold standard, the price of gold in U.S. dollars have, has appreciated up 4,890%. And in other words, throughout this this diminishing U.S. dollar purchasing power, which pretty much has lost all of its purchasing power since the end of the in the gold standard, the financial system at this very moment in time is a very risky place to be. And gold offers that escape. Gold offers that insurance policy that you need for your portfolio, that your family needs to pass on generational wealth. This is our mindset here at Guildhall. It's generational wealth building. No, it is not a quick flip for the six-month portfolio of a gold hold. Is not it. Is not what we're in it for. I'm here for. I'm in it for the long haul. I have gold and silver. Gold is the foundation of my of my financial hard asset portfolio. And silver, we're going to get into that. Silver is going to be that money maker, Jeremy. Wait till you find out about where the gains in silver and what's going to push that market. There's been some crazy developments. We talked about it briefly right at the top of the show, but there's some crazy good developments in the silver market that is going to get very exciting. You definitely want to have some of that physically as a part of your portfolio. More to come on The Real Money Show. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver The website, guildhallwealth.com. Remember, if you can't hold it, you don't own it. More to come. 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. We're definitely going to get into silver and the gains to be had in that market because it does have more potential than the gold market. But first, I wanted to... Uh, very quickly try to get through this as quick as we can but as a topic jerry um for anyone who's researching precious metals wanting to learn what's happening in the world i i find that there's separate camps there's different types of camps out there and there are you know we've talked about in the past here this idea of which isn't our idea but you see it it's the the great reset versus the great awakening and the Great Reset is this idea of, okay, you've got the New World Order, there's a faction cabal that wants to rule the world, and um, they're, they're going to make life harder. That's where the 15-minute cities, that's where you have, um, you know... Uh, total control. Total control through crisis um, management, global crisis management. No more gas-powered We all have to do our part, all of these things. Um, you know, we can see through all the scams and all of that, and then you also have um, sort of the Great Awakening side. Now, here's the thing. We, we, there's a lot of analysts out there in the market, a lot of great information. I'm not, the, the information they put out is fantastic. What I'm saying is that within this idea of people discussing the Great Reset is there's a bit of a doom and gloom aspect to all of it. There, there is, here's what we see the ending of the road look like. And here's why you need to protect yourself with gold. Okay, um, we're talking. You know, you'll probably notice some of the names that are that I think are maybe part of that side of things, right? A little bit of doom and gloom. Gregory Manorino, Lynette Zhang, Mark Moss. I I listen to all of them. I like them, but they're even even um, uh, Jim Rickards to a certain extent, right? This idea sure. that 
it's it you can't stop it it's fatalistic it is going almost like it's going to happen these people are going to control your lives and the only thing not the only thing but one of the things that you're going to have to do to protect yourself against that is physical metal is physical gold and silver because it gives you that sovereignty it's outside the system it's a place to store value um but let's make no mistake they want to crush the individual and they want to they want a full control and it's a very negative outlook of the future agreed agreed now i see it as something that you're passing through it's part of a wake up when you first wake up and you're becoming aware of these things that you mean that there's a new world order i mean George Bush talked about it all the time. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we envision a new world order. We, now we know who they are. It's you know, we we know where they who these people are. They're being unmasked all the time, like Scooby Doo, mm-hmm. um, and they get mad at it. They go, "Those darn kids know know our business now, and they're going to stop us." Right. Yeah, we're going to stop you. The idea is to not buy into it, right? That's what these these analysts are talking about. On the other side, okay, you have um, you can. It might not be as outright, but you'll know what I'm talking about when I say their names. Cliff High, Wall Street Silver, Arcadia Economics, uh, Guildhall Wealth, right? You can tell underneath they're looking a little bit beyond where that is. The information source is different. And what we're looking at is that down the road, countries are going to be out for themselves in a good way. Everybody, each country wants to make its own country great again. And so, you know, take, you know, for instance, on Arcadia, Vince Lancey this week, he was talking about um, not just the supply chain, but the value chain that countries want to take part in the value that they can create with their commodities and their ingenuity and things like that. Not just what's happened in the past, which is just pillage those countries and give us your commodities. Thank Mm -hmm. you very much. So when a, when a mine goes on strike, it's soft nationalism. The country saying, "Go on strike. Go get yours." That's right. It's okay. Build your value. Let them pay you more. It's our it's our commodity that they're taking out of the ground. Get paid, right? We need to get paid, right? In the past, if the U.S. didn't like that, they just take you out. Mm-hmm. They just install a dictator who would just destroy all the all the wealth. Exactly. We're not seeing that. We're not seeing that. Now it's about the BRIC nations. Now it's about all of these BRIC nations who were who were once subjugated by the US are no longer subjugated. Mm-hmm. And there's strength in numbers there. And they're all making deals with one another to make to make the world great again. Right? And so we're talking about the idea of remonetizing wealth. And this is interesting because um, Egon von Greyerts was talking about not necessarily loving the concept of backing a currency, but that it could be a global currency and something that could be remonetized. So, Jerry, you and I were talking about this idea that these BRIC nations are making deals with one another. Okay, we'll trade oil for our currency uh, or we'll trade oil for gold. See how that works? Mm-hmm. They can bring something else to the table. They can bring more than just a currency to the table, and that's the idea. That's the idea of, of not having a currency that, that some country can undermine it by printing it to oblivion. And if you do want to undermine your currency and print it to oblivion, let's say like Turkey's doing, then at least they have the gold reserves. And another country can say, eh, you know what? We don't want the, we don't want the currency but we will take the reserve currency. Mm-hmm. We will take the gold. So there's that. And then in between, Jerry, 
And then in between, there's, there's the people who I kind of see as rising above all of it, okay? They're not really part of the black pilling or the white pilling. I'd, I'd say people like Egon von Greyerts, Peter Schiff, George Gammon, people who maybe know exactly what's happening, but they're just kind of looking at the, the, the damn politics of it all and saying, we know how this works. We know how it ends. These cycles, you know, I, in some ways, Ray Dalio, same thing. Mm-hmm. Cycles get crushed. We're at the end of a cycle. And when the cycle's over, you know, you have the hangover. And once the hangover's done, you can get back to a semblance of normalcy. So I would kind of think about those those analysts in that way. Would you, how do, how do you feel about the, uh, all of that. I think you nailed, nailed ahead. Uh, nailed, nailed, you hit the nail right on the head, Jeremy. It's tough to get that one out, but you definitely uh, echoed my sentiments. And we see what's going on. This has been ever since you know the ending of the the gold the gold standard. Um, we've been playing a game of chess, and we have to understand that he who has the gold makes the rules. And you know we have seen an emergence since the year two thousand. I'm just looking for the stat that that economic terrorism. Um, which would be sanctions and canceling, the cancel culture. The, the, the economic sanctions have actually gone up more than 3,000% since the year 2000. The bullying of each country, if you're not going to comply with, with my economy here in, the, in North America, has gotten to a point where countries have, have just left. And we are finally witnessing the emergence of the importance of holding hard assets such as gold versus paper assets at the sovereign level. The BRIC nations have turned away from the U.S. dollar, and we have seen alliance after alliance being birthed from the emergence and a knee-jerk reaction to the, to the economic sanctions against Russia. But they were ready. They were ready all along, and this was the nail on the head for the U.S. dollar and de-dollarizations continuing. Um, in response to all of that, you, you have even Fitch coming out. Fitch is an, one of the top three rating agencies in, in, in the world. And they're about to, you know, they just came out just the, earlier this week and talking about the response to the Federal Reserve and the debt ceiling. And I'm going to talk about that more after this. The number 18778Silver, the website, guildhallwealth.com. Stay glued to your seats. There's more to come on The Real Money Show on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number 18778Silver, the website guildhallwealth.com remember if you can't hold it you don't own it this is about protecting your wealth in the last segment we were just talking about you know there's different approaches to analyzing the market and it's all about information and um, you know it's all good information and I see this idea of kind of you know, you wake up a little bit and then you kind of black pill out. And how do you get past that? You know, well, hey, listen, for me personally, if you're holding some physical assets like gold and silver, then you can sleep well at night and you can kind of be ready for what's what's happening. But I, I see that this idea of moving through the new world order, kind of scaring people, but it's giving them the information. So I, I'm not saying it's bad in any sort of way, but the net effects of it, Jerry, just to conclude on the subject, the net effects, whether you're, you're, you're educating people about a new world order or educating people about this cabal that wants to rule the world, as it were, or 
or you're talking about the BRICS nations and a global uh, a global village that is it wants to build and is working off positivity and that want to make each individual nation great and build value mm -hmm. with 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 partnerships the net effects are the same. The one side, you're talking about gold and silver being a flight to safety and protection. And I believe on the other side, you're talking about gold and silver being a bridge to equanimity. That's right. And in both situations, you still need that physical asset because both, everyone says it's going to be a bumpy ride. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you want to get onto that bridge. You want to get onto the high land. You want to have that physical asset in your portfolio protect, protect the wealth because the currencies are going to be changing. Mm -hmm. You could say they're going to fall into oblivion or you're going to say they can move into something else. Well, you know, when you saw the euro, you ha there were winners and losers. If you had gold when you were a country that had to move over to the euro, then that was a seamless transition. Mm -hmm. If you just went from one currency to the next, maybe you were a winner. Maybe you were a loser, right? Look at it. Go back and look at and see which countries ended up with 40% on their dollar for that exchange, right? That's where gold and silver come in when we're talking about what the future looks like. That's right. But now let's uh, talk about the future for the value of the metals. Mm -hmm. So we promised we'd talk about the developments in the silver market. We know that there's strikes. We know in... in um, in uh, South American countries that are mining the metals. We know that they're making it harder to get the permits because of environmental concerns. So they're making it harder to get permits to get the metal out of the ground. Meanwhile, they want the cake and eat it too. They want everyone driving cars with thousand pound batteries in them <laughs> that are just going to destroy the highways. Um, and, uh, you know, how many refrigerators? does it take to, to charge one of these cars? Like it's like having 12 refrigerators in you. Why do I need an energy efficient refrigerator? If my neighbor's throwing 12 in the garage, in the condo, it just doesn't, uh, it boggles it doesn't my sense. mind. Uh, anyway, uh, but the demand for the metal in all of these things is just going to continue to grow and grow and grow. And that doesn't change. Even if the, the green economy disappears, we still need it for all of these new technologies that are going to be coming out. It's, That's right. it's always used in these technologies. So more technologies, um, harder to get out of the ground from a supply-demand perspective. We're talking specifically silver. Less on the comics than ever before, which in my mind, I believe that means that if you get a big run in metals, you don't have the metal to cap it. That's right. So it becomes harder to stop the run in the future. So for anyone who feels like, oh, well, every time it goes up, they push it back down. You know, meanwhile, it's gone from like, what, 350 now to 23 over the last like 18 years or something, which is pretty good, but it's got a long way to go. Yep. So what do you think about some of these events that are happening that are pushing the silver market? And what is the what is the fundamental uh, setup look like for you? Well, fundamentally, um, Newmont Mine out of Mexico has been shut down. This is the world's second largest silver pro producer. Uh, negotiations began between the labor unions and Newmont management pretty much broke down. So this is the largest mine. The mine produced 32.4 million ounces of silver last year. And with silver already in a widening global deficit phenomenon, what does this mean for the price of silver? This is the catalyst. This is even further down on silver's coiled spring, even further down. And those contracts on the COMEX, 400, 300 to 1, 
for every th- every contract, every contract there's only every 300 contracts there's only one ounce of gold, one ounce of silver rather. So this is a very dangerous time, and we have the arbitrage, that sucking effect happening from west to east. And take a look at the Indian Bullion Exchange. I challenge you to look at that. They have imported the the world's most amount of silver last year. This is unprecedented. So at that time, then having the silver silver market shut down, this is where we're seeing this the the Mexican government adopting new policies as they're adapting to this change of of the world financial structures. There is a report that I have on my desk. It's from Safe Wealth Management, and it talks about this adaptation that we have to embrace. And if you do not embrace this ad- adaptation, you're going to you're going to be in for it. They wrote the financial systems turmoil that are now occurring signal that the big reset. Now this is not the great reset. The big reset is involving hard assets, specifically gold and silver. As as a result, everything quote-unquote old as related to the financial system that is not adapted to the new realities could be extremely costly to one's affairs. So the big reset will cause the disappearance of multitude of financial institutions that that were deemed to be safe after, you know, they, they said these institutions were safe, they were covered. No, they're not. We're Janet Yellen last week said we're going to be seeing more consolidations. And just this week, we had Fitch come out, which is this is uh, Fitch rating, rating agencies, one of the three major credit agencies came out, and they're not convinced that policymakers can set the nation's finances on a sustainable path, polarizing, roiling U.S. politics. Um, it's not just the debt, debt ceiling, the director said, James McCormick. It's the way it's, we've seen the United States is in a steady deterioration in governance. So political, we're seeing the, 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 politi- the, the politics in the United States just going down the drain. And we're seeing an ad- adoption of hard assets and a total adaptation to a new financial system that is de-dollarized and is backed and with the foundation of gold and silver. We must be doing the same thing. You've got to recognize the change that's happening, and you've got to recognize the opportunity that's happening with this change and be prepared for it. And yeah, there's going to be good times, bad times. It could get worse before it gets better. Um, but ultimately, I think we're headed into really, really good things. But that's going to mean really, really good things for the metals along the way. So we strongly believe in having a physical asset that is hard to get, that takes blood, sweat, and tears to get out of the ground. It's finite. And the supply is dwindling at a time when people are going to need it even more. And when that price gets to $50 silver, wait to see how many people want to be involved at the higher prices because seeing is believing for most people, not the people who listen to our show. They're savvy. So give us a call. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver The website guildhallwealth.com. Can't wait to meet you in person. Can't wait to talk to you on the phone. Can't wait to read your emails. Thank you so much for listening this week, and we can't wait to speak to you next week here on The Real Money Show on 640 Toronto. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.